Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Tuesday, December 12th. How are you? It is so cold, you guys, here in LA. Well, it's gorgeous during the day, but in the mornings, this morning when I went to hot yoga, it was in the 40s and I walked there. And then when I walked home, I think I froze because it's hot yoga. And you know what happens with hot yoga is that you get sweaty and then your clothes are wet. And then walking home in the freezing cold, I think I turned into a popsicle. So I'm joining the ranks of all of you guys that are living in different cities across the United States, in your cold towns. I see it in the comments. Some of you guys are on the East Coast. Some of you guys are in, um, you know, the South. It's getting chilly. We're getting closer to Christmas break. We're on the sixth, sixth, I can't say that well, sixth night of Hanukkah tonight. I am done with buying presents for my kids, but I still am going. We used to not do an eight. Well, no, I'm going to lie. Growing up, I never did eight nights. Like I never got eight nights of presents. Then when my kids were born, because they also get Christmas and Christmas is like such a big event, I thought to myself, let me, you know, hook them up with some little gifts here and there every single night. So I did it like very cute. I was very on it. Okay. I did like night one was like a book. Night two was a pajama. Night three was a toy, you know, like very small, it's gotten out of control. It has got, life has gotten out of control. Like night one was at my mom's house. And so the kids were getting like huge gifts. And then night two was our first night giving them gifts. So it was like huge. I need to, I need to take a break. I need to literally get, um, my computer agrees with me. I need to get an intervention on purchasing gifts for my spoiled kids. Okay. Three more nights. So, um, because of you guys, because of you, I watched the bear last night. I watched the bear. We watched season one, episode seven or six. I can't remember. So what happened was Lance and I got into the show or we watched season one, episode one, a few months ago. And immediately we were, we, we liked it, but it was a little much and we never watched episode two. And then a couple months ago, I told him, I said, everyone's telling us to watch the bear. So we got back into it. Season two, I'm sorry, season one, episode two. And we watched like four or five episodes over the course of a couple of days. Obviously we were really into it. And then I don't know what happened. I have no idea what happened, but we just, does that ever happen to you guys where a show will just like fall off? So last night I said, listen, the dosers are telling me to watch the bear. So we watched, and I like that they're shorter episodes because I'm so freaking tired at night. (laughs) Andrew says, imagine my surprise realizing the bear wasn't about a big, hairy gay. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like the bear being about a restaurant and Jeremy Allen White is just making it a little bit more appealing for Lance and I to watch as a couple, but thank you, Andrew. Um, it's, it's, It's a good show. It's a really good show. But I don't know if you guys are like me right now, if you're early risers or late morning people. 
I'm an early riser, always have been, but really I have to be with young kids that I have to get on the bus by 7.15. I am up so early in the morning, I cannot stay awake at night. Like I can hardly watch The Real Housewives at night. In fact, you guys know that I always complain that I'm on the East, the West Coast and I always have to watch shows on the West Coast hours. And it's really, really hard because sometimes I want to watch Watch What Happens Live or whatever, but that's on at 10 o'clock at night and I'm passed out by then. So I actually subscribed to Sling TV on like a, uh, you know, a month trial or whatever to see if that was going to help because Sling TV, I learned from Kiki at the Talk of Shame, I learned that you can watch anything on the West Coast. You can watch it East Coast time. So with Sling TV, and this is not an ad at all, but I'm trying it to see if that will help so that I can watch, you know, a Real Housewives episode at like six or seven. And then I cannot have to like spend my entire morning trying to catch up like I do every morning. Um, okay, so first, before we get into today's stories, we've got a bunch of them. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Babbel. Did you know that bilinguals outperform monolinguals? Are you a monolingual or a bilingual? In tasks requiring working memory, that means Babbel isn't just a language learning app. It's a tool for sharpening your brain's ability to hold and process information. This fall, actually this winter, start speaking a new language in just three weeks with Babbel. And why do you want to use Babbel? Because it works. There's so many other apps and processes out there, but Babbel is different than a private tutor. It's different than a, just like a game. Um, you know, a lot of kids like to play certain apps to learn languages because it's very, um, it's very much like a game, but they're not actually learning. So Babbel has quick 10-minute lessons that are designed by over 150 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. It's designed for real people, by real people for real conversations. All of Babbel's tips and tools for learning a new language are reproachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching. You know what's so funny? I wonder if Babbel has included the word Riz because yesterday I saw something with Katie Couric. Katie Couric announced on her Instagram that the Oxford Dictionary's new word of the year, you know, Oxford Dictionary always does a word, is Riz, which a lot of us didn't really know what that was until Golden Bachelor Gary, our fave, explained the, hello, hello, Teresa, I have Riz. I was told I have Riz. Riz is short for charisma. So I wonder how you say Riz in Spanish. We're going to have to go check it out on Babbel. So here's a special limited time deal for our listeners to get you started right now. Get 55% off your Babbel subscription only for our listeners at babbel.com slash bowling. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash bowling. 55% off at babbel.com slash bowling. Rules and restrictions may apply. All right, now that we're all, you know, multilingual people and we will, or bilingual or trilingual, la riz. Oh my God, that's so funny. La riz. Aw, I just saw a comment here on the YouTube live comments from Sarah that says, I finally caught you live. My grandma just died and I had to be at her, I had to be her hospice nurse plus planned funeral. I feel so sad. However, your show helps me check out. Thank you. 
I'm so sorry for your loss. I also just lost my grandma, if you've been following the show, right after um, the attacks in Israel. In October, she was in Israel. And um, it was really, really sad and hard to go through that. But especially since you were really taking care of her, I can only imagine how hard that is. But this is the goal for Daily Dose of Donna, is to get you to check out of your normal life, which is filled with stress and, um, you know, drama and trauma and financial struggles and frustrating parenting situations and relationship challenges and work annoyances. And it's to come here and just laugh a little and have fun for a little. So I hope I'm doing that for you. Um, Thank you, Sarah. And I appreciate you. And I'm thinking about you. Okay, you guys, we got some stories. We got some stories today. We're going to start with the first one that kind of popped up everywhere right after I got off my show yesterday, and that was the Kathy Hilton Christmas party. While I was recording my show, Kathy and Kyle and all of them posted pictures from their Christmas party. And of course, what everyone was freaking out about was the idea of um, Morgan Wade. So as we know, Morgan Wade and Kyle Richards are very close, and Kyle Richards has recently announced that she and Maurizio are definitely split. They're co-parenting very well, it looks like. They spent Thanksgiving together. They'll probably spend Christmas together. They still live in the same house as far as we know. It's a massive, massive home. And they are um, – and they are – Also, like they went out to dinner with all their kids. They're very close. So it seems like they have a really good co-parenting, you know, by, uh, what's the word? Um, Like copacetic friendship post-marriage or as a separated couple. But um, in the meantime, you know, she is very close with Morgan Wade. Their relationship has not been defined. I think we can deduce from everything we have heard, seen, and know about what's going on, that there probably is some sort of more than just a friendship. But because it's not official, I won't, you know, confirm or deny what I know. I just think they seemed really, really happy and really actually, like, cute. I'll show you the picture here on the YouTube. It's everywhere if you're on page six or if you're on Daily Mail. It's everywhere we've got. Kathy Hilton, we've got Morgan Wade in the middle, and then Kyle Richards, all three looking actually phenomenal. Um, You guys, Kyle and Kathy's faces are the same now. If you take out the the dark features, like, have you ever done this, like where you kind of cover your your eye and just cover like the black hair and the dark hair? Or if you take Kathy and also do the same and like cover her, her hair, it's really crazy, you guys. They have, they must be going to the same doctors, right? There's, there's no way, um, there's no way that, that they're not going to the same doctors. Um, but they have beautiful faces, (laughs) whatever they're doing, it's working. I mean, one thing I'm learning about rewatching season one, Beverly Hills of season one, episode one this last week with Zach Peter. And of course, we're going to watch season two, episode two this week. One thing I realize is that Kyle Richards has dramatically um, changed her looks. And she was pretty back then. And she is 10 times prettier, in my opinion, now. She is, obviously, her body is banging. She's not drinking. She's working out. She's eating well. 
and she's probably feeling really good and um, actually pretty admirable. Not going to lie. Pretty admirable. She looks phenomenal. Morgan Wade looks really pretty, actually. Um, if you look at her face, I, I I personally can't do the tattoos myself. Like, I couldn't imagine being with someone that had the tattoos. But she has a very, very pretty face. And um, Kyle, and Kathy Hilton looks amazing. So Kathy has this Christmas party. Morgan Wade is there. Everyone was tripping out over this because Kathy posted that this picture, the three of them, as her homepage, like, in the carousel on our Instagram, this was the main picture, which I think is really interesting. Kathy Hilton is a trip, you guys, because a lot of you guys know that she'll engage with you in your comments. She'll engage with you on your DMs. Like if I talk about Kathy Hilton on my Instagram, she will comment on stuff. It's crazy. She's like very, very on Instagram. And I know that my friend Christina, um, her her handle is Coca Makoka. Coca Makoka. And um, she is, she said that yesterday, Kathy not only was commenting in her comments, but then started following her. And like, she's very up in it. Kathy's not someone that like doesn't under, and well, she doesn't really understand Instagram because she'll like message, like, someone call me. But she understands Instagram in the sense that she's on Instagram all day long. So, yes, this was her home picture. And then the second picture was her and Tiffany Haddish, of all people. Um, then she had a couple pictures with some other women. Oh, like Rachel Zoe. Um, she had a picture with Nikki Hilton who looks just like Paris now picture with Paris, Nikki, um, lots of Paris. Who's that? Bijou Phillips. Whoa, Bijou Phillips. Did I just like skip over this the first time I was looking? You guys know my whole deep dive on Danny Masterson and Bijou Phillips. Do you think, do you think Bijou Phillips has left Scientology? Or do you think, oh, this is so interesting, you guys. This picture is of this woman, Allison Melnick, who I cut out here. But look at Faye Resnick and Bijou Phillips. Like what? Now, I know that Bijou in Paris used to be really tight. That's kind of how Bijou became like in, like in the, in the world of, Young Hollywood. Ooh, I'm going to have to find out more about this. Then, of course, she has a picture of her and Sutton. So Sutton and Kyle were at the same Christmas party and then some of the decor. Okay. So, um, oh, my God. So uh, what do people take from this? She also went to, because Jeff Lewis yesterday on his show was talking about Jackie Schimmel's Hanukkah party with Jackie. And she said, you know, uh, Jeff mentioned that Fortune and her girlfriend, Jax, were th- or wife, Jax, were there, and that Kyle Richards and Morgan Wade were there. And so we know that Kyle was at that party also with Morgan at Jackie's, and Kyle's daughters were also there. I don't know if all of them, but I know like Alexia and Sophia were there. Jackie said she loved them so much. I believe that Kyle's daughters and Kim Richards were also at Kathy Hilton's party. I don't know if they just didn't get pictures of everyone, but to me, it does feel, and I'm just going to go off intuition. It does feel that this is a hard launch of their relationship. You're going to Christmas parties and holiday parties and posing together. To me, it's what I think is happening is we are getting introduced slowly slowly, slowly, more publicly to the idea that Kyle and Morgan are together so that if and when it is announced, 
it's not like shocking to anyone anymore, right? Because there are a lot of people out there that are still like, there's no way. There's no way. They're just friends. That's my guess. Um, without without knowing like any goals here. This is just my guess. Now, I also find it very interesting. And timeline is very, you know, up in the air here. But Kyle and Kathy Hilton have had a very tumultuous relationship over the last few years. We've seen it on the show. We knew it even before the show. We remember from when Kyle produced her American Woman, um, you know, uh, scripted show. Obviously, Kyle has a little bit of struggles with both Kim and Kathy for various reasons. We didn't fully understand, in my opinion, didn't fully understand the Kathy and Kyle drama. Like, from what we knew, we would see her and Kim and why they would fight. Because I think Kyle, now re-watching season one, it's like so obvious. Kyle, and Zach and I talk about the way Kyle treats Kim in that first episode. It's nuts. Go check it out on the Patreon if you guys want to you know, catch up on those recaps. But Kim and Kyle have a very, very challenging relationship. My guess is because Kyle always felt like she had to be the older sister, even though she wasn't. She always felt like she had to take care of Kim. She always felt like Kim was not um, up to speed or like not able to really kind of function or take care of herself on her own. Now, um, meanwhile, um, let me think. Meanwhile, Kim and or Kathy and Kyle, their relationship was a little bit more con confusing to me. And I don't know if you guys felt the same way. It felt a little bit like, why are why are we always arguing? No one, I couldn't personally understand. I understand the, this last season with the tequila and the 818 tequila and then the Lisa Rinna and the meltdown in Aspen, but like what was really happening? So my guess is that because of Mauricio and his challenges with, and his obvious major challenge with Rick, that's Kathy's husband, Rick Hilton, I think that that was enough of a stick in the mud or enough of a line in the sand that was always going to be a challenge to get Kyle and Kathy to be very close. It was always going to be to... um kind of strenuous because if a husband doesn't like a husband or if a wife doesn't like her sister's husband or whatever it is, it's going to set you up for challenges. It's very interesting that the second that Mauricio and Kyle separate, Kyle and Kathy are tight as ever, thick as thieves. And Kathy has done nothing but support and embrace and love on Morgan being part of Kyle's life. Like way more than we ever heard her talk about Teddy or or any other ones of Kyle's friends, right? So that's just my guess. Just a little deep dive into what I'm thinking from one, you know, holiday party. Tell me your thoughts. Okay, let's move on. In other um, crazy, crazy ass housewife <laughs> news, I just have to bring this up because I saw it and I was like, you know what? It's a horrible idea, but actually it's an amazing idea. Jen Shaw. Jen Shaw believes that Kim Kardashian should play her in her potential, do you say biopic or biopic? Biopic? I don't know. Um, she wants Kim Kardashian to play her. Jen Shaw has quite the life story to tell. And according to TMZ, she's hoping Kim Kardashian can tell it in a bio biopic. 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 Biopic sounds like a biopsy. 
Um, talks of the on-screen venture emerged when Emma Stone kickstarted a campaign for the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City stars by biopic after the longtime Real Housewives fan was asked at the New York City premiere of Poor Things, which housewife was worthy of the film treatment by the director. And, you know, quickly he said, uh, she said Kim Kardashian. Now, Chris Giovanni, this is interesting. Chris Giovanni is Jen's manager. He's also a few other housewives managers. And I know Chris Giovanni from back in the day from, cause he used to represent like actors that I used to audition. Um, Jen quickly caught wind of the A-list backing and the, her manager, Chris Giovanni, told TMZ she was freaking out over the phone with excitement when he called her in prison to tell her Friday. Chris tells us Jen acknowledged Emma's endorsement for the project as an honor, but when it comes to who she actually liked to play her, that would be Kim K. All right. Hey, Siri. How do you pronounce biopic? Okay, let's listen. We are looking at how to pronounce this word in English designating a biographical film. Whoa, this is a crazy, crazy video. On the first syllable on the bar, how do you go about pronouncing this word? Biopic. You do want to stress biopic. Biopic. <laughs> biopic. Okay. Interesting. I think it would be a great, great show. And Kim Kardashian's becoming quite the actress. So I don't think it's a bad idea. Did you guys see the story about Jennifer Aniston? So I freaking love Jennifer Aniston. And you know how much I loved Matthew Perry's um, memoir. I just read it or just listened to it like a few weeks ago. I thought it was so beautiful, so sad, so devastating. And basically she's saying, that she was texting with Jennifer Aniston has been um, interviewed right now. She's like going on a press tour for um, the morning show. So she was with Reese Witherspoon and she revealed she was texting with Matthew Perry the day he died in his first, in her first interview since he died. Um, she says that he was happy and healthy in the days ahead of his shocking death in late October. He had quit smoking. He was getting in shape. He was happy. That's all I know. A teary-eyed Aniston told Variety in an interview published Monday as her morning show co-star Reese Witherspoon held her hand. She says, I was literally texting with him that morning, funny Maddie. He was not in pain. He wasn't struggling. He was happy. Um, she says, I want people to know he was really healthy and getting healthy. He was on a pursuit. He worked so hard. He really was dealt a tough one. I miss him dearly. We all do. Boy, he made us laugh very hard. His way of speaking created a whole different word. She told the trade publication, we went with his lead in a way. It just added something to our joy. Um, very, very sweet. Mm. That broke my heart. And then out, actually, Zac Efron got his Hollywood Walk of Fame star yesterday and um, in Hollywood, and he had mentioned that that Matthew Perry was like a huge part of his kind of um, push into the next chapter of his career. They were in that movie 17 again, um, which was kind of like a big movie, you know, like a switching. And um, he paid a touching tribute to him saying the late actor was a catalyst and pushing him into the next chapter. At his Hollywood Walk of Fame unveiling ceremony Monday, Efron paid his respects to him. 
um, saying, I also really want to mention someone that is not here today. And that's Matthew Perry, who was so kind and generous with me when we worked on 17 again, collaborating with him and director Burstiers. It was so much fun. And it really did propel me and motivate me in so many ways. It really pushed me into the next chapter of my career for that. Thank you so much, Matthew, thinking a, a lot about you today. So sad. So sad. I've been watching re I've been rewatching episodes of friends. It's on, I want to say it's on Netflix. It's so good. You guys, it's so good. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, okay. So the last story before we get into our real house as a Potomac thoughts is the lovely Drew Barrymore who just, and I know this is going to be a touchy subject, no pun or pun intended. Drew Barrymore, I've talked about this many times on the show, has a style of interviewing, which is unlike anything we've ever seen on a TV, you know, interview. Not only does Drew get very kind of mushy and, and um, casual and cute and whatever, she literally has turned her show from like sitting on opposite sides of a couch to then taking off her shoes and like putting her feet up on the chair to then getting so close to, to, to her, um, you know, interviewees, to then starting to touch them in, on their hands, to then sitting on their, like sitting on the floor right in front of their feet, to then like putting their arms all over. I mean, the next thing that's going to happen with Drew Barrymore on her show is that she's going to be in a body sweater. Like she's going to be in one of those onesies with her interviewee. They're going to be sitting on top of each other and um, not, you know, absolutely not like connecting whatsoever. Like, I mean, she's going to be like, she's going to become one with her interviewee subject. Now, I will say a lot of you guys love Drew Barrymore and you think it's sweet and you think it's genuine and you think it's authentic and you think it's lovely. And I agree with that. I do actually think it is genuine and authentic. I do think that's who she is at her core. But I'm also wondering, Oprah was on her show and this caused quite a stir because in this interview, it's gotten to like a crazy place. I mean, hands are unwrapped and rubbing and touching and maybe Oprah doesn't care, but I'm sorry. Like I, I have an issue with close talkers. I have an issue with, do you ever go to like, not only breath issues are a little bit concerning to me, but when I am in a space, like at a party or an event or just talking to someone and we have to sit so close to each other. Like even just imagine you're sitting at a bar, right? And if it's not Lance, if it's like someone else and you're sitting so close to each other that you're like, this is me and the microphone here is you. It's really intimate. I don't want to feel your hot breath on me, okay? <laughs> I'm also not like a super affectionate person. I'm working on it. But it would make me incredibly uncomfortable if on a live TV show where I'm opening up and talking about very personal things, not but but knowing that I'm on national TV and there's a live audience in the room and strangers everywhere and cameras, and you're going to be on top of me and like hold on to me and 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 like embrace me and make me like see your pores. I'm gonna feel the need to like back the F up. And then it's going to make me look bad. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So, 
So I just think Drew Barrymore needs to respect boundaries in some capacity. And whether this is a shtick, I want to know if I get booked on a Drew Barrymore show, I need to find this out because one of my friends, Demona, Demona is um, Demona Hoffman. She has a radio show. She has a podcast. She has a, she's a well-versed author. She's like a matchmaker, a dating coach, and she's a, the love expert on Drew Barrymore. I need to ask her, is this something that when you get booked on Drew Barrymore, do you sign some sort of contract? You sign some sort of a contract and you say, hey, um, I am okay with touching. Like, is there a clause that says if you come on Drew Barrymore, just know your personal space will be invaded? Because seriously, I'm not joking. This can trigger a lot of people, especially in the in the age of, you know, infectious diseases, viruses. It's, it's cold and flu season. Just saying. Just saying. Um, I'm going to find out. Demona is going to be on my show actually, because she has a book coming out in January in December, I think. So she's going to be on my show. Um, okay. So anyway, um, uh, what was I going to say? We're going to also bring up one more story because I forgot to write it down, but this just kind of popped up is Sheena Shea. So yesterday the, the Vanderpump Rules trailer was dropped and it was so good. And one of the big surprises of it was Sheena Shea was us finding out that Tom Schwartz at some point, we don't know when, we don't know timelines, made out with Sheena Shea a long time ago. Like we have no idea when, but a long time ago. Okay. In Vegas or something. He says, I was a makeout slut. I even made out with Sheena Shea. We don't know if Brock was around. We don't know if Katie was with him. Like we don't, I'm sure Katie was with him, but because I think that's how they met. Like since they've been together, that's like, I don't think Sheena knew Tom Schwartz before Katie and him were together, but what's going on here? What is going on here? So a couple of things have like popped up, like a quote that Kate, that Sheena had when, um, in season three, when one of her friends hooked up with Tom Schwartz and she said like, I'm okay with it because I'm more friends with Tom than I am with Katie. And I'm more, I'm not as much like of a girl's girl. I'm a guy's girl. Sheena said something along those lines. I, I'm misquoting it, but season three. And I think that because she said that, I do feel like she's kind of shared who she is from the beginning. Now, Sheena is a friend to all. And when you're a friend to all, it's hard to say that you're a friend to anyone. And remember yesterday, Ariana had said that Sheena is the biggest pot stirrer. Sheena is the one that kind of like stirs up the drama. So yesterday, Bravo TV posted the, or sorry, Pump Rules is a big Instagram account. And they posted about um, the trailer and the comments just berated Sheena, just like went in on her. And Sheena's, Sheena's comment is like, peace out. You know, now I know why you, or like, thanks for keeping the narrative about how horrible I am or whatever. Okay. That being said. Sheena was on Bravo's, what is the podcast called? Because I, I'm I'm a subscriber to it. It's a pay podcast. It's like a Patreon kind of thing. It's for Bravo TV and it's called Bravo's Hot Mic. And it's um, hosted by Alex Baskin, who's the executive producer of Vanderpump, Beverly Hills, OC. And so in this episode, it just released this morning, so I haven't listened to it. Sheena Shea and Jeremiah Smith, Jeremiah is one of the producers, um, are on the show. And in the clip that's being widely circulated right now, Sheena's crying because she says, I don't know if Ariana realized that even though I wasn't cheated on, how hard that was for me. Um, she basically is saying like it was, it dealt her a huge blow. She was, she was trying to parent and she was feeling betrayed. And I do believe that 
Sheena did get burned heavily in this, you know, fallout because she was so close to Raquel and Rachel or Rachel. And because she, um, you know, hung out with Tom, she's been very close to Tom Sandoval, Sandoval forever. And also very close with Ariana. And it's like, it's a lot. But that's like so typical of Sheena making it about herself. I'm going to listen to the full podcast. I'll give you guys your whole our whole thoughts. I just think Sheena's going to Sheena. Just like the worm's going to be warming. Ariana says that in the trailer tomorrow. And it's, I mean, in the trailer yesterday, it's the best line. The worm is warming, she says. The worm is warming. Sheena Shay. Okay. Um. Real Housewives of Potomac. I didn't get to watch it on Sunday night because of Hanukkah, but I watched it yesterday and they are in Austin. So where we are on Real Housewives of Potomac, we've kind of moved on from the Wendy and the um, Nyeka Shrine Talk, right? The Nigerian Shrine Talk. We've moved on from that. And now we're focusing a lot of energy on Robin, Robin Dixon. So they are in Austin and they are having... um, what every other Real Housewives show is, which is basically an alcohol-fueled, fighting-fueled, food-fueled, silly activities-fueled event, right? And they're going out. And the first night they actually go out, and I was watching the show while I was showering. I don't know if you guys do this. I put my Bluetooth speakers on, and I have my phone like on the counter, and I'm listening in the shower, and I can see it through the glass um, because multitasking. And Like, thank God my kids weren't anywhere near because this show sometimes, you know, these shows are not really good for kids anyway. But some of the episodes I can show my kids some parts. But when I tell you on this first dinner, the way that they're talking about swallowing or not swallowing, and then they go heavily into what they do in the bedroom, okay, I'm not going to put it on you here because I want Daily Dose of Donna to be, for the most part, safe for kids. But wow, 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 wow. A little too much. Even thumbs up got here. A little too much for me. So we found out what Robin likes to do in bed. We found out what all of them like to do in bed. And it is embarrassing, the fact that there are parents talking about this. Can you imagine? Can you imagine as a son watching your mom talk about that? I could die. Talk about it. Talk about it all you want, but maybe not on camera. Is that weird? Like I've had those conversations many times with girlfriends, but knowing that my kids could watch it, like, whoa, it was a little TMI. In my opinion, call me a a church going woman. So then, um, so then we go to, uh, oh, this is genius. Bunny says she has a holder inside her shower for her phone and she watches YouTube videos. That's a genius idea. I need to get one of those, but how do you make sure that the phone doesn't get wet? It's like stressful. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to think about that. So then um, the next day they they have breakfast. They're supposed to do some sort of body drawing. We still didn't get to this activity because they're on such a schedule. It's such a housewife show. Like we can tell that it was so produced because they had this activity where they had all these easels out and the women were in robes. I'm like, were they going to see, were we going to see some uh, full body paintings here? It was kind of crazy. But we never got to that because the entire conversation was centered around Robin. What is going on with you? Now, I will always hand it to the grand dom. Karen Huger, housewife extraordinaire. This woman knows how to keep the story moving. She knows how to keep the show going. She knows how to bring these two groups together. She straight up says, 
I understand that we're not all on the same page. Let's uh, figure it out. But Robin, you, you've told half the crew, but you haven't told us what's going on with your marriage. What's going on? And Robin says, um, Robin says, I am, you know, I'm sticking with Juan. Now I want them to leave Robin alone about this. There's a difference between going to your friend in solidarity, in confidence and holding her hand and saying, or like Drew Barrymore sitting on her lap and saying, Robin, I'm worried about you. I'm worried about this relationship. I don't know if this is the right guy. There is that verse. Let's put, bring it up on camera again and again and again and again and again. And it's like, I feel bad for Robin. Like she has chosen to stick with him. Let's let it go like Elsa. They end up missing this activity to draw each other's bodies. They go on over to, um, to split up. They go half of them to a distillery, which they think is a winery, which they think is a brewery, but it's just a whiskey distillery. Also my hell, I hate whiskey. I would not drink it. I would not. I don't like the taste. I don't like the smell. I don't like it. And then um, half of them go cowboy boot shopping. And I was convinced Kyle Richards was going to be there. I thought to myself, we're in Aspen and we're talking about cowboy boots and hats. Like, where's Kyle? Kyle's going to pop out of the bushes and say, name him. Oh no, that's sudden. So half of them go shopping, half of them go to the distillery. They all meet for lunch and they have a lovely lunch. It seems to be like a really nice, you know, um, uh, fun lunch. They actually made me laugh so hard because it, like we had such a long conversation about Twitter. Karen Huger has a blue check on her Twitter, which we all know that when Elon Musk came into X, which is Twitter, Twitter's formal, former name, when, um, when, um, okay, hold on. When uh, Twitter turned into X or before or whatever, Elon Musk made it so that you have to pay to get your blue check. And it was like, it subscribes to Twitter blue. And I did it for a hot second when I was using Twitter often. Then I realized it's a waste of money for me because I didn't need all of those benefits. But if you're a celebrity, I understand why you would want to spend that money. But Karen was convinced that she had the blue check because she was verified. And it really is because she subscribed. I thought it was just so funny. It was so relatable. This conversation about like, oh my God, you're subscribing. Look at your monthly amount. You're paying for this. So I thought that was funny. Um, and then... What ended up happening? Oh, yeah. So then at the end of that, they started talking about, during that lunch, they started talking about Juan's legal issues. That he is involved in some sort of legal issue having to do with um, some SA and some, you know, the R word when it comes to bodies. I'm not going to say it here. And it really, really, again, they're going after Juan. Karen's taking like a personal issue to it because she is a SA survivor and she's part of a foundation organization. So she's getting, you know, it's personal for her. And I understand that everyone's triggered by certain things, but when they get in the car and they start driving Robin for the first time that I've ever seen in a long ass time is she breaks down and I can understand why. This has got to be very stressful for Robin. Him like making out possibly with another woman or like buying a hotel room, that's all a lot too. But this is a whole different level. And she's like, I just don't understand how I'm the villain. And they kind of took care of her in the car. I know Mia was in the car. I can't remember who else, maybe Ashley. And then 
the episode ended. I really, there's a part of me that understands that Robin is turning a blind eye to her husband. There's a part of me that also understands it's no one else's business. What you guys think? I don't know. I don't know. Beth says, I'm sorry, but no housewife can touch Candace's confessionals. Say what you want about her, but you just never know what is going to come out of her mouth. And it's funny. I am a Candace stan. I love Candace's looks, faces, words, voice, confessionals. I'm sorry. I did miss a couple of seasons of Potomac, like in the middle. So maybe I'm missing something big, but I freaking love Candace. I love Candace. And there was one scene with Ashley Darby doing some sort of TikTok dance and the cameras were just filming her do this TikTok dance. And when I tell you, I felt a level of cringe that should not be felt in the human world because I thought to myself, it's bad enough to see someone do a TikTok dance, but it's really bad that you're doing it as an adult with a camera crew watching you do the TikTok dance for your phone. I almost died. I was like, what are you doing? I just remember going on vacation with my um, niece who's now like 15 or 14. So she was like 12 or 13 at the time we were in Thailand. It was right before COVID. And she was TikToking all over the place. Her hands were going crazy. And she was like, you know, in the middle of like a restaurant, she would like knock out the waiter to do these dances and like sit her phone everywhere on the van, on the bus, on the Sprinter van, in the boat, in the plane. And she looked like, like she had some sort of crazy, you know, uh, physical condition that we had to like monitor her for. TikToking in public is not something, uh, you know, that we should be uh, proud of. Okay. Unless you're like, you know, a dancer, an official dancer, this feels a little bit like, um, desperado. It was embarrassing. She's like, "Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm." was she drunk? I have to like really pay attention to why that dance happened. Why does Ashley feel the need? Ashley does remind me of a little bit of like, she's still a kid. Don't you get this feeling that Ashley kind of like hasn't fully grown up? But like we need to start some sort of petition to like end TikToks in public. My son will do TikToks and they're not as many dancing, but they're like facial expressions. The faces on TikTok, they've got to stop that stank face. I can't even say the word with with taking it seriously, but that stank face is, is illegal. Like we need to put a ban on stank face. We need to put a ban on TikToks in public. We need to put a ban on, um, now I know a lot of you guys are going to be like, but what? she was just having fun. I'm also just having fun. I'm not serious. Okay. I'm not going to the Supreme court or a ban on stank face. I have bigger issues, you know, like we should put a ban on Robin's eyebrows. Okay. Speaking of a lot of you guys are ordering the Robin's eyebrow mug. I'll bring mine tomorrow. I it's still upstairs in my kitchen, but my merch is available. Don't forget, you guys, we got Sob and Robin merch. We've got Absolutely merch. We've got Daily Doser. We've got In My Bravo Era. We've got Founding Member of the Bravo Cult. Sweaters, pants, mugs, cups, hats. I'm working. I want to get phone cases. Anyway, love you guys. Um, appreciate you. Thank you for being here. Tomorrow will be Wednesday. We're going to cover, of course, a Salt Lake City. And do we still have to talk about Winter House? I guess we will. And yeah, because Sam is coming to visit. And then, um, and more, and more. Bye, y'all. Have a great rest of your Tuesday.